too must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household is going to return. It might be evening, midnight, before dawn, daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping. Don't let him find you going about life as normal, nonchalantly, oh, well, it's not a big deal if I look or I don't look. He says, be awake, be on watch. I say to you the same that I say to everyone. What's it say? Watch. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. If you have your Bibles, open them to the book of Daniel. Put your finger there, turn to the book of Mark. We've got a lot of scripture to look at, a little bit of time to look at it. We stand on the precipice of the wrap-up of human history. And I say that without apology. I say that without equivocation. I say that by all of my 30-plus years of studying in the Word of God, that Jesus is even at the door. I don't know a day. I don't know an hour. But I do know that every single prophecy in Scripture uh, that has been fulfilled thus far has been fulfilled with 100% accuracy. This week and next week, I'm going to be talking on the subject of the rapture. This week, I'm going to ask the question, are you ready? And next week, I'm going to blow your mind because I'm going to ask the other question, are you going? Because there's a lot of people that have a misconception about their ticket. And it's not not a secret. It's not something. It's just in this world we live in, the church has become so passive that pretty much a Christian can do just about anything and God will understand. Now, don't get quiet on me, folks. The only problem is that's not what the Bible teaches. It's not a matter of works of righteousness. The Bible says it's not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy that we're saved. So it's it's not about works, folks, but it is about life. And so today we're just going to look at this, and I'm going to try very hard to get you out of here at a... Uh, relatively decent time. As you know, when I do end times messages, they can have a tendency to go a little bit further, but I'm not going into the detail that I would normally go into uh, because I'm dealing with this one specific subject. Daniel chapter 12, the Bible says these words, the angel of the Lord came to Daniel and said, Daniel, and I'm going to paraphrase, all the stuff that I have seen you, shut it up in a book and seal it until... Listen to this, the time of the end. 
the time of the end. And then I, I want you to go into the rest of that verse. It says people would be running to and fro all over the world, and knowledge would increase. What it's talking about is it's talking about there will be no there will be no limits of what man can do, and the 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 knowledge, the understanding, the ability of man to do anything he sets his mind to will exponentially explode. How many would say that's happening today? Over the next few minutes this morning, I'm going to open this book and many other books, and by no means will I do anything even to the furthest realm of exhaustion with this. (coughs) But I am going to touch on some things that hopefully will help us understand that there is no question of if. There's only the question of when. Daniel predicted precisely the timeline of God's prophetic end gate. In your notes, the time is soon coming that all will be filled, fulfilled. But I want you to underline this in your notes, please, because this is imperative for a Christian. The question is, are we watching? Students of Bible prophecy since the second century have studied without much of illumina- much illumination the scriptures of God's prophetic timeline and how it would unfold. And I believe very specifically as I read the books of Ezekiel and Zechariah and Zephaniah and, and, uh, and uh, Joel and Haggai and, and, you know, every single book of the Bible is given to prophecy to one degree or another, some more than others. And the ones I just named plus about three others are huge in times books. I'm just going to, I'm going to scrape the surface of Ezekiel. <coughs> I'm going to scrape the surface of Daniel and Joel. But the reality, the question that I want to go back to is what you underlined, are you watching? Look at me. One of the problems we have as a Christian is we're caught up in the same lie that the enemy has got the world to be believe, and that is life is going on just as normal. How many know we have a new norm in this world? Whether you're for it, you're against it, I'm watching Governor Brewer and what she vetoed last week. And I'm not going to get into the politics of it because I understand the politics of it. But there's so much more subversive work going on that we do not understand. And if you and I as Christians do not allow God to open our eyes because we humble ourselves and deny our flesh, we too may be passed over. This is God's plan, to lock it up until the end. It wasn't until, listen to me, the turn of the last century, not 2000, but 1900, that Bible scholars began to understand and have clarity and revelation, revealing from God of the books of Daniel and Revelation and Ezekiel and and, and Joel and others. They started coming to their own as far as understanding the end times. Now look at me just for a moment, please. My wife and I and, and, and many people this weekend went out to see the movie Son of God. Now I don't, if you saw it, great. It was a great movie. I would encourage you to go see it. 
You say, Pastor, was it, was it totally 100% biblical? No. But a whole lot more biblical than ever came out of Hollywood before. Amen. Do you think it's my chance that the Bible series last year was the number one Bible or number one television series almost in all of time? Do you think it's my chance that this new movie coming up, Noah, which once again is not really strong biblical base, but good enough? Do you think it's my chance that all of the 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 uh, the uh, supernatural television shows and movies and all these different things? I don't believe. In zombies, folks. I don't believe in vampires and well, but I do believe in demons and angels. And I do believe that the Bible says in the last days, just like it was in the days of Noah, so will it be again. And in those times, there was demons manifesting themselves through giants, through a host of different things. I got an email the other day, Pastor, what about mermaids? We laugh. You say, Pastor, do you believe in them? I believe there could be. Why? I've done some extensive studies of Egyptology. How many know, you know, study of Egyptian artifacts and stuff? I, I'm kind of quirky that way. I study anything that has to do with the Bible, I go look for it. And there are many, many Bible scholars that believe and I can't think of the names of the creatures now, but you remember the ones that have the head of a dog and the body of a man? That that was a real creature. That some of the different statues and stuff that are represented. Now, some of them say, oh, pass that, come on, that's... Folks, I believe in the supernatural. If you don't, you better start. Not zombies, werewolves, and stuff like that. But the reality is there is a lot of supernatural activity that cannot be explained and it's exasperated in the world we live in today. Somebody say amen. Scripture says that God, <coughs> excuse me, that God hid the meaning of many of the end time things until the end. I believe that all of these different things that are happening are signs. The Bible said there'll be signs in the stars and the moon, signs in the earth, signs under the earth. If, if you want to get into more detail, I would encourage you to go back to November. I did a whole four-week series on the end times. March, excuse me, April 15th, we begin the tetrad of the four blood moons. That is, that is made right in the middle with a solar eclipse. You say, Pastor, is that not, that's not unusual. No, it's not. The problem is there's only been seven that have fallen on Jewish high holy days since the birth of Israel. Not 1948, but since the birth. NASA can track this all the way backwards and forward, and they tracked it down to the exact birth of the nation of Israel. They had a series called the Tetrad of four blood moons with a solar eclipse in the middle. It's happened seven times. The one coming up is number eight. The number eight in the kingdom of God is the number of new beginnings. And folks, my God said there will be a new heaven and a new earth where there be no pain, there be no suffering, there be no sorrow, there be no more mourning, no more crying, there will be no more pain. There's a new day coming. 
I don't believe that. Don't miss next week's sermon. Who could have imagined Abraham that the decision he made with Hagar, which gave us Ishmael, the son of bondage, the Bible says, and God gave the promise that he said through Sarah, Isaac, how that God is now using that to bring Israel to a place of repentance in a final battle that's called Armageddon. Daniel's closing up of the understanding of end times was simply one more sign now given to us very clearly, understanding that the knowledge of man and the the understanding and the increasing of, of mankind's ability has exploded at an astronomical rate. My wife was in the computer industry for many, many years, and, and I have, you know, when we had our church in California, Victoria's Life in, in California, we were one of the very first churches in the Bay Area to have a BBS system. How many know what a BBS system is? Yeah. Well, back then, to buy a 500 meg hard drive cost us almost $5,000. So that tells you how long ago that was. 500 meg. You got more than that on your fingertip probably now. Uh, But we had a bulletin board system. That's what BBS meant. And I started really getting into this end time stuff way back then because I started seeing, okay, God, and now today you buy a new computer today, and I don't know what the lifespan of it, but some, you can, you can read some of the, 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 uh, the uh, um, computer folks out there, they say the life frame of a brand new system is 16 hours. Now that sounds crazy. I'm sorry. Three years, but they're overwhelmed with software. But because of of the exponential software capacity, it used to take a few megs to run a program. Now it takes gigs. And my wife worked with terabytes all the time and whatever the kajigibytes after that or whatever the heck they're called. But it is just exploding. So what do we do today that helps us to know that this is a time like never before? Mark chapter 13. What do we do? I'm going to take you straight into God's word, and I'm going to tell you what God's word challenges me and challenges you. However, no one knows the day or hour. Say that with me. No one knows the day or hour. Look at me. I don't care if it's Harold Camping or some other idiot out there that says he's coming back on this day. Turn the TV off. You don't, okay, no one knows the day or hour. That these things will happen. The angels don't know. Jesus said, I don't even know. Only my Father in heaven knows. But because of this, look at this in your notes. Since you don't know when that time will come, underline this. Be on guard and stay alert. You see, what the Bible says that when Jesus is talking about this in Matthew 24... The very first thing when the disciples asked him, Lord, what will be the sign of your return? Listen to what Jesus' first response was. Do not be deceived. The biggest reason we get deceived, ladies and gentlemen, is we veer away from God's word. I said we veer away from God's word. I said we veer away from God's word and we take man's word. 
That's why I go through all the effort to put all these notes in there. I don't want you to ever take my word. Thank you, you trust me, you love me. Compare it with God's word. Make sure that I'm preaching truth. Can you say amen? Is that a fair thing for the pastor to ask? Okay, good. That way if the rapture happens and you go, go, you can't say, well, pastor didn't tell me. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Be on guard and stay alert. The coming of the Son of Man, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions. Say, Pastor, who is he talking to? You and me. The Word of God calls us slaves. Are you, are you okay with that? Okay. That's okay. He gave each of his followers. Is that better? instructions to work with and what they were to do. And then, underline this in your notes, he told the gatekeeper to watch. Who's the gatekeeper? The pastor. Look at me. I have, I am, I'm so fed up with hearing this from people. Well, my pastor doesn't teach that because he doesn't think it's pertinent and relative. Look what God tells the gatekeeper. Watch. Not just for myself, because I'm going to go and run and tell you. Are you with me? It is the pastor's responsibility to keep the church informed. Are you okay with that? And if you're here visiting from another church, thank you for coming. But go back and talk to your pastor and ask him why or her why. And if they, th they tell you it's not, take him to this passage and say, well, what about this? You're the gatekeeper of this house. You're supposed to watch and help me. What? Now, folks, I'm not against all the other different things, but what I am saying is in today's hour, Jesus' words resonate. Do not be deceived. And if we don't know what the word of God says about it, how are we going to know what to do about it? Am I making any sense today? So he tells the gatekeeper, watch. And then he goes right back to the people and says, you too must keep watch for you don't know when the master of the household is going to return. It might be evening, midnight, before dawn, daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping. Don't let him find you going about life as normal, nonchalantly, oh, well, it's a, not a big deal if I look or I don't look. He says, be awake, be on watch. I say to you the same that I say to everyone. What's it say? Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, the deception of hell is is propping up right now. It's ramping up. That's the word I was looking for. And the scripture is clear that it's incumbent upon us as Christians to discern the signs of the times and all the leaders or the gatekeepers to point out the understanding of the end times. Let me take you back to the supernatural. Over a third of the Bible is specifically on the prophetic, on the supernatural. Over half, of the Christ, uh, over half of the prophecies 
of the leading, the events of the end times have already been fulfilled. There were over 500 that were fulfilled when Jesus walked the earth. There are only about 14% left to be fulfilled, which will be fulfilled during the tribulation. Say, Pastor, what are you saying? Every prophecy, look at the historical record. It's 100% accurate. Every prophecy regarding the return of Christ has been fulfilled except for one. It's called the blessed hope, the rapture. Oh, I don't know if that sends a chill through you, but it just didn't one through me. There's one thing. Now, I want to add this on this CD, and I want to add it here. If you happen to be hearing this message after the rapture, examine prophetic history and the quite recent events and realize that the end times matter. So you better pay attention. Secondly, in your notes quickly, a time like never before and like never again. All of mankind, I don't care who you are. Once again, look at the stories, look at the movies, look at the events. Two years ago in 2012, the entire world was caught up in the Mayan calendar event. How many remember it? The end of the world. Maybe they ran out of ink, and that's just where the calendar stopped. I don't know, okay? Okay, a little, yeah, tongue-in-cheek. Okay, I don't know. But folks, can I tell you, there's only one calendar to follow, and that's God's word. Can somebody say amen? So all of mankind knows the storm is coming. The apocalyptic storm can be seen in the distance as it approaches and God's prophetic timeline is unfolding. The last seven years of human history will soon be unveiled and will lead to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is one of those precarious places that the church gets into. There is the rapture and then there is the second coming. The rapture happens, the, the only ones that are gonna see the rapture are the ones looking for it. Once again, Watch. The only ones going to see Jesus when he comes in the clouds are the ones looking for him. If you're not, let me take you to the passage of the ten virgins and the ten coins. If you're not looking for him, you won't see him. That's why the five virgins, they were going through life as usual, kind of half full, you know, kind of just, oh, and then they, they saw the apocalyptic storm clouds on the horizon. They're saying, hey, give me some of your oil. And the ones that are watching and looking says, nope, you need to get on board yourself is what they were saying. You're not gonna just get there by the skin of your teeth. You're not just gonna happen through this thing. And the Bible says that, the, that the, the bridegroom came at a time when they weren't watching and took the five that were ready and did what with the others? The last seven years of human history is coming upon us. And as I've already stated, there are no prophecies that need to be fulfilled before the rapture. I do not say that there are not prophecies yet, prophecies yet future that will not be fulfilled before the rapture, just that there are none that must be fulfilled before the rapture. I believe that there could very well be some traumatic events unlike 
the ones that have already happened, but even beyond what we could imagine that's going to affect globally this world. Matter of fact, the four blood moons, when you do a study on how the working of the tetrad, when it falls on the, on the high holy days, when it comes to that place, when that solar eclipse winds up in the middle of the tetrad, every single time it did, it means a cataclysmic world event is going to happen. And you check it historically, it has. Every blood moon that fell on the, on the high holy day meant that it's going to be a major event for the nation of Israel. So we'll watch. What do we, need? What do we know? All we know is what has already been proven. There are so many things that have happened that I cannot even begin to touch it in this two-part series. But scripture is very clear. There will be perilous times and a godless generation that will culminate at the end. 2 Timothy chapter 3, look at these scriptures. You should know this, Timothy. In the last days, there will be difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. If this is applicable today, can I hear an amen? amen? They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. Is that applicable? Disobedient to parents and ungrateful. Never have we had a young generation so disobedient and disrespectful. I, I talked to some of our school teachers in this, in this house and I said, how, I, I don't know how you do it. And most of them say it's, it's okay. We, we, we can make it okay. Uh, but the reality is there is no order. There is no obedience that is necessary for them to follow. Ungrateful. This will consider, or they will consider nothing sacred. Once again, I go back to the music they listen to. I go back to the movies they watch, the television series that are just the highest rating is some of the most ungodly series on TV. They will slander. They will be unloving and unforgiving and have no self-control. <coughs> they will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious but they will reject the power of God that can really make them godly. And look what the scripture says. Underline this in your notes. What's it say? Stay away from them. Pastor, that's hard. I didn't write it, but by God's grace, I will preach it. Stay away from them. Look at me, folks. There's a time coming. You're going to have to choose your friends. Now, I'm not a believer that, that Christians should only have Christian friends. But if they're influencing you more than you're influencing them, get away. You lose. Somebody say amen. amen. Think of the birth pains that are happening in the world, the increased earthquakes. You cannot go to a, a single uh, national uh, geological site you cannot go to any of the different things. They're, they're perplexed at these strange weather patterns. You say, oh, Pastor, these are just normal weather cycles. Nothing is normal about this weather cycle. You say, oh, Pastor, it's, it's global warming. Can I tell you the truth that doesn't get talked? They're actually expecting another ice age within the next 100 years. 
They don't want to talk about that because we can deal with the heat sometimes a little bit better. How many saw that movie uh, Tomorrow Ever After or Tomorrow, what's it called? Day After Tomorrow? Is that what, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. But one thing I know, I'm not going to be here for it. The increased earthquakes, seas raging all over the world. They have been tsunamis. They're talking about uh, 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 tides raising and falling in unprecedented fashion. They don't understand why is all of this happening. They're saying that the sun's magnetic force is exploding to the earth, which causes a lot of this stuff, but also that the sun is actually getting cooler. All of these different things are happening. The upheaval that is filling the earth. Volcanoes, we talked about this during the end time series. How that as it was in the days of Noah, could it very well be that God is going to use the volcanoes to spew from the depths of the earth like he did the geysers from the depths of the earth to flood the earth? That a third of the earth is going to be destroyed in a moment by fire? What is the timeline? What is happening? Matthew 24 says you hear wars and the threats of wars. The world is more chaotic. Every day on the news, you hear North Korea, China, Iran, Russia. All of these powers are raising up like never before. Everybody's pulling position. America has become so passive. I'm getting these thoughts past my head real quick before I speak them. That the world has, they're not gauged of any concern about what America, look what it says here, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There have been many, there have been more wars in the world since 1900 than ever before combined in all of history. There will be famines. There are more people hungry every day on the earth and not just the folks. We got a great, great famine in America. And it's not because that we don't have the ability to feed. It's because corruption has the ability to steal. all over the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with much more to come. What I want to do for the next few moments is look at the last days. What is it that caused them to begin? Israel returned to the homeland. You say, pastor, that's, that's too simple. That is what started the end times clock. It started 2,000 years ago at Calvary, but it was sealed up until the end. You trace it back the last 100 years to the turn of last century, but all you got to do is trace it back to 56 years, 1948 when Israel became a nation, and everything in the world changed. 
Let me take you into God's word. Here are seven recent end times events that have happened concerning Israel that have been fulfilled in just the last 60 days. According to Jeremiah 29, Isaiah 43, and Ezekiel 37, the Jews returned to their homeland. It is an impossibility. 2,500 years they have been out of their homeland. And in a day, in an hour, according to the book of Isaiah, they were returned to their homeland and became a nation. You tell me God's not involved in something. The rebirth of Israel, Matthew 24 and Isaiah 43. In a moment, it talks about the fig tree budding. He said, when you see that begin to happen, this generation will not pass away until all things have become fulfilled. One of the most amazing things that happens according to the book of Zephaniah, chapter 3 and Jeremiah, chapter 31, is the Hebrew pure language was completely recovered. Think about it, 2,500 years without a homeland and the Hebrew language is still intact. They say it only takes two generations for a complete nation to lose everything of its sovereignty. 2,500 years. Isaiah 27, Ezekiel 36. When Israel became a nation in 1948, you know what they got? a desolate wasteland. It was a barren pit. Today it is the number three producer of world supplies in the world. Fulfilling the prophecy, the desolate land will become increased in fertility completely to take care of the world. Isaiah 27, 51, 35. The next thing, though a nation the size of New Jersey has become one of the top three world powers, top four world powers, Zechariah chapter 12. The reoccupation and control of Jerusalem. When they originally settled Israel, they gave them Jerusalem at the same time. And they said, nope, just shortly later, they took Jerusalem back. And right now it's occupied by others as is Bethlehem, as is other places. But this is something they will not give up at all. 1967, they took control of Jerusalem, according to Zechariah and Joel. Prophecy fulfilled. And the one that just is mind-boggling, once again, read the whole book of Zechariah. It's just got a, a dozen or so chapters. But Zechariah 12, Israel becomes the focal point of the entire world. How many think that might be fulfilled today? The prophecy that seals it all was Jerusalem. The powers of the world would not give up Jerusalem. Why? Jerusalem sit on a hill. It sit on the city, on the, on the hill of all the promises of God, Mount Moriah. It sat in the place that Abraham first established the covenant of God when he lifted a knife to slay his son Isaac in fulfillment of the coming Messiah. It is the place of Christ's millennial temple set high above the city of Jerusalem. The third temple is already built, just waiting to be assembled. The, the priest 
the priesthood has already been regathered. The Levites are already in occupation. They're already in place, just waiting for the day for them to say, yes, right now they're having all kinds of different meetings, trying to bring peace. Matter of fact, as I shared with you in the End Time series, one of the things that the United States said by November, by, excuse me, by April 14th, they will have a peace plan signed. The first blood moon is April 15th. Coincidence? Will it happen? But you know what I'm doing? I'm watching. I'm watching. Are you? Are you? Pastor, this is, this is scary. I'd be more scared of what I didn't know. You see, it's imperative, ladies and gentlemen. The word of God says, watch. Before all of this happens, before the end of the end, the Bible talks about a time in Jeremiah chapter 30 when Israel, not the church, Israel has to go through what's called a time of Jacob's trouble. It'll be the worst time of all ever in history for the world and for Israel. It is a place and a time called the great tribulation. Matthew 24, for then shall there be great tribulation, verse 21, such as not since the beginning of the world, no to this time, nor ever again shall be. Zechariah chapter 12 talks about the day of Jacob's trouble. The word day means the time frame of Jacob's trouble. It says, in that day, I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. What is happening today? Jerusalem has become a burdensome stone for all people. All people will burden themselves with it and try to cut it to pieces. All the nations of the world will be gathered together against it. What day? The day of the tribulation. The period. The Bible calls it the 70th week of Daniel. And I don't have time to take that in the next, you know, if I get enough interest in it, on a Wednesday night, I will take you through the book of Daniel. I will do this whole thing. If I get enough people show me interest, uh, I, I will do that on a Wednesday night, and it will blow your mind how God has taken it right down to the day. Can somebody say amen today? God has every intention that Israel be saved. Not physical Israel, Israel spiritual Israel. All of those that call upon the name of the Lord. He has every intention, and he says they will be. Israel today is the center of attention, scorned by its neighbors, scorned by the world. It's the amazing fact that every news report, every day virtually, is something about Israel, Jerusalem, or the Middle East, is it not? Let me take you to something that's happening just today. I, I didn't, for sake of time, I didn't do all the slides and stuff, so you guys can go out and Google and do all the search uh, Iran, what's their number one enemy? Israel. Syria is about to implode. The Bible says that Damascus will be brought to nothing, uninhabitable, that is working even in place as we speak. Turkey, the first time in many years since the Ottoman Empire has Turkey now turned against Israel. Russia is gearing back up and building their, their armaments, building their social society 
back up as we speak. Iraq, all the work that has been done for nothing. Libya, all the work that has been done. Lebanon, Jordan, Egypt. What is the nation that we hear today? Ukraine. All of a sudden, now the clear blue, the Ukraine becomes back in the focal point. You know what the Ukraine's name in the Bible is? Gomer. Gomer is where God is going to place the hook to pull it back in to Armageddon. Ooh, you feel that ripple go through? All of this stuff is coming together. Pastor, this is freaky. I'd rather know than not. How many can say amen? The Bible foretells that these are all the things to happen before the greatest event in history called Armageddon. But you know the nice thing? We're not going to be here. Oh, I I didn't get too much excited. I said the nice thing? We're not going to be here. Okay, I think you're getting it. Uh, the nice thing, we're not going to be here, church. Okay, we're getting it. I said the nice thing, we're not going to be here for all this. You say, Pastor, you're trying to stir us up. You bet. Make you start watching. What is the order of things to come? I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes if you allow me. I'm going to take you through a timeline of what's unfolding in God's end times clock. Number three, and you know, is God's timeline is fulfilled and began at the rebirth of Israel's nation. You say, well, pastor, what's next? The rapture. That's what's next, the rapture. Everything else is done. Now, we may face things prior to the rapture. I don't know how much, and I'll try to talk about a little bit of that next week. But the next event on the horizon is the rapture. Yet the storm clouds of the apocalypse gather and approach. Understand, Christians ready to go are those who will be ready to go. Did you hear what I said? Christians ready to go are those that will be ready to go. The question I ask, why will they be ready? Because they will be watching. Aware of the elements, aware of the approaching apocalypse, just like the Lord commanded. Today's society and culture is endeavoring to get the church and everyone else to think that this is normal life. The world is being seduced into a new norm, a business as usual. Yet the Bible says just as it was in the days of Noah, they'll be eating, they'll be drinking, they'll be marrying, they'll be living life as normal. In a day and an hour that you don't expect it, it came. God is going to intervene directly, purposefully, personally into the affairs of humanity. The intervention will be catastrophic. Jesus himself in Revelation chapter 4 will say, come up. We showed a couple years ago the sounds that are going on around the world. Do you know they're still going around? They're just not reporting on it because they can't explain them. They're still going on and they're getting greater in intensity. What are they? 
could they be trumpets? Because the Bible says at the last trump of God. Could these all be warning signs? The Bible says there's signs in the heavens, signs in the earth. Signs under the earth. There has never been the the seismic activity in the world that is happening today. Oh, pastor, it's just because they never recorded it. They've been recording it for 100 plus years. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. They're ready because they're watching. But society today is trying to numb us, trying to neutralize us, trying to seduce us. Millions will disappear from the earth in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, before an astonished world. Because Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you in John 14, that where I am, you can be also. Let me give you a breakdown of Revelation. It's not in your notes, so write this down, please. Revelation chapter 1 through 3 is the Lord talking about the church ages. Now, if you're a believer of the church ages, I lean to it in some areas, I lean against it in some areas, but most people believe that we are in the seventh church age, which is the church of Laodicea or the lukewarm church. I find that to be an oxymoron. You are either a Christian or you're not. If you're lukewarm, you're not. Okay? If you're not watching, that's next week. Revelation 1 through 3, the end of the church age. But when you read Revelation 1, 2, and 3, the entire three chapters are full of warnings to the church. You better get your act together. You better get your act together. You better get your act together. Revelation 4 and 5 and 4 1 is the last place you hear about the church. And Jesus said, Come up! Oh! And we get a glimpse into heaven. For verses four and five, or chapters four and five, but we also get a glimpse because this is where the bema seat judgment is going to happen. Right after the rapture, every Christian that is raptured will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, not based on salvation, but based on what we did with our lives for Christ. The Bible says we will see, receive rewards, we will lose rewards, but we will be saved. First Corinthians chapter three, at, yet as by fire. What is the fire? God said he's going to judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Revelation chapter 6 through chapter 18, we find the tribulation. If you don't believe in the supernatural, don't read chapter 6 through 18 of Revelation because it is filled with the supernatural. You say, Pastor, do you take that stuff literal? Yeah, I do. When it talks about a locust coming up from the pit, with the face of a man, the stinger of a, of, a, of a scorpion and wings and all these different things. I believe the Bible talks about a segment of demons that fell. It's the same segment of demons that were having illicit affairs with the, with the sons of men that we read in the book of Job, which is the oldest book in the Bible, said that they are reserved in chains of darkness. God says in those days he's going to loose those from the bottomless pit. I can't imagine what they're going to look like. But the Bible gives us a glimpse of some of the things that we are going to see. Is everybody okay? Also, or in verse, in chapter 19, we find Armageddon and the marriage supper of the Lamb. Just before you and I return to earth for the battle of Armageddon, according to scripture, we will have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Chapter 20, you don't want to be in chapter 20. 
It's the great white throne judgment. It's the beginning of the millennial reign, which you want to be a part of. But it also gives us an understanding that at the end of a thousand-year millennial reign, Satan will be released for a season. You say, Pastor, why is he released? To torment and to deceive those who lived through the tribulation period. Yes, people will live through the tribulation period according to God's word. Chapter 21, that's where we want to get to. The new heaven, the new earth, and eternity. Can somebody say amen? Oh, give the Lord a hand clap of praise, would you? Just, oh Lord. On earth, there will be a great time of a swirling storm. The church is gone. The enemy is loose without restraint during the times following the rapture. I have heard many Christians tell me over the years, well, pastor, if I don't make the rapture, it's okay. I'll know what to do and I'll make it through the tribulation period. Listen, the Bible says that the church is gonna be gone. So the restraining power of the church, the Holy Spirit, many people teach that the Holy Spirit's gonna be gone. But the Bible says you can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. So I believe the restraining force is the church that will be removed from the church from uh, the world and that is those people that are watching and telling people and getting the people understanding hey stuff's going on it's going to be gone and the world's going to be walking around blinded what's what's happening so if you are a child of God and you're not living for God on this side on that side you probably will not why? Because the Bible says there will be a great deception such as never before. Secondly, God said, I myself am going to send a spirit of strong delusion because they chose to believe the lie. Talking about Christians and all of those that have rejected Christ. Are you okay? A leader steps forth from the shadows at the same time as the rapture. Why? Because of the chaos in the world, trying to bring some order, some semblance of stability to the economic and the world system. Folks, power shifts are likely going to take place. The European Union will likely become biblically the new superpower. The United States, because it has been a Christian nation, will probably take the greatest hit on earth. Uh, the, uh, according to D uh, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, the Bible says that he will step forth and he will sign a peace agreement with Israel that will last for one day. That one day is a representation of seven years, but it says in, in a half a time of that one day. And once again, if we do this on a Wednesday night, I'll break all this stuff down for you so you'll understand it. But in that half a time, he will break the covenant and he will set himself up as God in the temple. But this is the thing that's going to set God. The minute they sign, if it is April 14th that they sign that peace pact and it really goes into effect, brothers and sisters, it is the time that God God's wrath will begin. I'm not saying the tribulation will begin, but the word of God, look what it says here in Isaiah, and I put it in your notes, Isaiah chapter 28, because of Israel, look at me, they don't accept Christ as Messiah. They don't believe that was God's plan. So they said these words, we made a covenant with death and hell. And at that agreement, which we are doing because we figure if we make that covenant, it will bring peace to Israel. It will not. It will bring destruction to Israel. And it is going to set the wrath of God at place and usher in the beginning moments of the Gog-Magog scenario. That's prophesied in Ezekiel. If we do this thing on the Wednesday night, I'll get into Ezekiel 38, 39 also and bring all that. I just don't have time on Sunday morning. Are you guys okay? 
Gog simply means the chief prince of Rosh. Rosh is the ancient name of the nation Russia. And Gog is that. If it is Putin, it could very well be. I don't know. But the reality is the Bible says in Ezekiel 38 and 39 that, that, the, that the Gog relationship with Russia, the leader's relationship that's pulling Russia into a place that she really does not want to be again. She's been there before. She doesn't want to be. But he's going to come with a great hammer and he's going to place it all in there talking about Gog. In the last days, Russia, is going to be leading the nation of Gog, Magog, the the coalition of nations that will move against earlier. And that is the nations that I named to you earlier, which is just amazing that Ukraine, the last nation that was not a part of it, is now a part. Iran is standing right alongside of Russia, ready to assault according to Ezekiel chapter 38. Iran used to be called Persia, so when you read through Ezekiel, you will find the name Persia and not Iran. It's interesting I'm sorry, I get a little excited about this. It's interesting that Iran, up until the turn of last century, was called Persia. The reason they came to the name of Iran is because Iran, the leaders of Iran, the Shah of Iran, made a covenant with Adolf Hitler. Iran, the word Iran, comes from the name Aryan. They were going to make their nation the first Aryan nation of the world when Hitler fell through. Go study it through, folks. It's really, really quite amazing. Let me take you to Ezekiel 38. Because they sign this pack, I will turn you back and I'll put hooks into the jaws of Russia, of the coalition nations, and I will bring them forth and all the army and horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even the great army and bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Look at the names. Persia. What's that name? Iran. Ethiopia, already against Israel. Libya, already against Israel. And I will bring them with the shield and helmet along with Gomer, which is the Ukraine. All with the bands and the house of Togomor which is Turkey. All these people. After this, when God begins that coalition, drawing them against Israel, folks, God's doing this. God's doing this. Why? Because God's making Israel repent. Are you okay? Let me just give you a quick little breakdown for the next couple minutes. At this point, there will be 144,000 evangelists that will be marked on the forehead that no devil can kill and nobody can hurt, and they will be spreading the gospel. Literally millions will get saved around the world because of these 12,000 from every tribe of the 12 tribes of Israel. The next thing that happens is during the point while all this is going on, the two witnesses will be brought to the earth. They'll be raised up. Most people believe that it's Esau. I mean, excuse, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, Enoch and Elijah because they're the only two people in Scripture that did not physically see death. They were translated into heaven. So most people believe that they're going to be the two witnesses. You say, well, Pastor, where's the Antichrist? The Antichrist is on the scene. He is moving, but they do not know he's the Antichrist. Why? Because he is the man of peace. But at this juncture in the tribulation period, he will be revealed when he breaks that seven-year covenant and he will be shot 
and they think shot, and he will have a deadly head wound, and he will be resurrected from the dead. All of this supernatural, all of this demonic, and he will walk himself into the temple of God and set him help himself up on the throne of God as God himself. He will demand the world to worship, according to Second Thessalonians and Revelation 13. He'll cause everyone to take a mark. This doesn't happen until midway through the tribulation period, and he will kill every single person that rejects it, and the majority of the way it's going to happen is through beheading. You say, well, pastor, who's going to reject it? Those that become Christians during the tribulation period. This is midway through. The Jews will flee to the, the city of Petra. Petra is a walled city. It is a fortress, almost impenetrable, and they will flee there according to God's word as they're enduring the time of Jacob's trouble. Then the king, the ten kingdom empire will be fully engaged around the world. And I, I don't have time, so I'm not going to put the map up. Or actually, you can put the map up if you have it there in front of you. The basic breakdown of how the world structure is going to be. On the evening news, there it is. Uh, this is how they basically think that the 10 World uh, Confederation is going to come together. Uh, and this is stuff on the evening news. We see how the North American Union is coming together. They're talking about it all the time. The European Union is coming together. The Eastern Europe Union, Central Asia, uh, the African Unions, the Latin America, all these different things are words. If you are watching, you will hear them talking about these things on the evening news. Then the Bible talks about a time where the east will begin to move, the kings of the east. I came to some interesting revelation because I've always taught that the 200 million strong army is going to come out of China. Just during the study of this, do you realize there's one and a half billion Muslims in the world? When they, can, when they bring together when they bring together the armies of the Muslims that are in the Middle East, they number over 200 million people. Maybe it's the Muslims that are doing it. I don't know. Oh, there are people of peace. Like I said, there's a spirit of deception sweeping through the world. Are you with me? I've got too much more, folks, and I'm out of time. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you. The rapture, that's what we're looking for. The rapture. God, we don't know the day or hour, but as I've tried my best to outline today, it is at the door. Everything that is transpiring in the world right now is happening just as you said it would before the rapture. God, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to watch. The question, Lord, is the rapture's coming. Are we ready? Are we ready? Joel chapter 3, you said, behold, in those days, in that time, when I bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all the nations and bring them into the valley of Jehoshaphat. 
and will plead with them there for my people, for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. What God is saying is I brought Jerusalem, I brought Judah back to the land that I've given them, and now I'm going to bring all the nations of the world opposed against them together. The ones that have scattered his nation, his people, and his land. Revelation 16 said he gathered the kings together in the place in the Hebrews called Armageddon. And then we'll have the second coming. We won't be here. We won't be here, God. We'll be in heaven watching, possibly from the balconies of heaven. I I don't know. I don't know. But God, then on that day, that day of days, God, we read about it in Revelation 19. The scroll of heaven will be rolled back. And you, on a white horse, will lead the charge with the myriad of angels and your saints. And we'll come back and do the final battle on earth in a place called Armageddon. The Valley of Megiddo. The Valley of Jehoshaphat. God, help us to know that the time is upon us. The rapture is even at the door. Are we ready? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.